From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in enduring, unending Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are game length and saving and loading systems. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Howdy, y'all. Welcome. I don't know why I said howdy. (laughs) (laughs) The show always starts with this, like, game of chicken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to say something? I feel like it's normally me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because you're the one who can't stand it. Yeah, I don't want to just sit inside. Martha and I could just be like, we could hang forever. Like, Uh, And I was going to say... You know what? Next time, I'm just going to sit in silence, and someone else is going to say something, but it's not going to work because I'm just going to say something anyways. <laughs> and then it's always it's always this sort of like sigh of defeat, almost like "Welcome to the show." <laughs> <laughs> yep. <sighs> uh, let's talk about meta. Yeah, what's um, going on? So, um, Abdiwak hasn't been on the show yet, but we should have him on sometime soon. Abdiwak has not been on the show yet. I know that's a crime. Let's I know. Fi- it's let's fix really that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful friend of ours. Uh, uh, and he's uh, working on a game called Boji. It's set in um, and the Oromo Nation, um, and it's it's a really cute game. I swear, he showed it off at um, Playtest. Uh, what was that two weeks ago or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, and it was great. Oh man, I love like the main character has a giant fro. It's like the largest fro I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and wherever, whenever he walks, it bobs around with him. It's really that's amazing. <laughs> well, Dwalk is a graphic artist. Yes, this project was a, a grant funded. And Glitch helped him um, organize it. It gave him some time and space and yeah. some support. Um, and he is, uh, it'll be um, uh, a couple days ago by the time you hear this. But for us, it's upcoming tomorrow. It's, mm-hmm. He's going to present it, um, sort of, you know, the results of, of the, the project and the, the prototype that he's built. Um, and it's really, really interesting stuff. So we'll, yeah. put, we'll put some links to uh, some of his tweets and some of the content he's produced. Um, but it's this great exploration of, of his cultural history. Um, in other news, uh, there was a... Uh, the Nintendo Direct uh, for Super Mario Maker 2, which is... It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks like a like full-fledged Mario game. Oh, yeah. It's got a story and everything. In mm-hmm. it. And like new content, it has unique content to Super Mario Maker that hasn't been seen in other games. Um, so like for those who haven't played Super Mario Maker yet, uh, what are you doing? Get on it. <laughs> right. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> uh, go, find yourself a Wii U. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Um, never mind. <laughs> Um, well, they're well, probably really cheap right now on eBay. And, and there's stuff. a 3DS version. And oh, I think that's right. The reason a lot of version. Wii U games were ported to 3DS is for this reason, because yeah. the install base was so small on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, 3DS version is great. All different levels. Oh. Which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the, oh. the, the, the built-in ones, anyway, that came with it. Yeah, but like you get to create your own Mario game, um, and it comes with like four different styles. You could, It's, what's it, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, and Super Mar- New Super Mario Bros. Yeah. I think those are the four styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the new one that has additional styles and like a whole bunch of new content that you can add slants, which I guess people were asking for <laughs> from the first game and stuff like that. Well, the first Mario Maker um, was this powerful tool set and people made the most bonkers, complicated yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, a lot of people know games like this that rely on user generated content will have this upper echelon of creators mm-hmm. that can really leverage those tools amazingly well. Yeah. A uh, little big planet was the same way. Um, but people built these amazing things in Mario Maker, and but the tool itself was also relatively simple and easy to use. So 
it was it was it seemed endless and complicated but if you played a lot of mario games you know that it only was a fraction of what actually is in mario games because they are way more complicated than you remember yeah um at least certainly the later ones in the series even mario world is this like has a billion game mechanics it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. um anyways but yeah the new one now just uh, the mario maker 2 just adds way more of that stuff so and yeah. sl- sloped uh, platform right. is one of those <laughs> like how is that not in the other one it's like well there was plenty to do yeah. in the other well, one. well they also they added like scrolling levels and stuff which are a staple of mario levels but mm-hmm. like they just didn't get it into the first one but they have it here um well they did have auto scrolling levels in the first one oh, did they but it was only horizontal oh. and you could do it at different speeds but the what's the new thing in mario maker 2 is that you can do um uh the scrolling can move at, at, like in any direction diagonal or whatever and you can Sweet. sort of draw a path yeah. So it's really good for like airship style levels. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. And the airship is a style that you can use in, in Mario Maker, even in, in like the original Super Mario Brothers style, mm-hmm. which is that's one of the best things about Mario Maker is that it takes these like um, Mario games that sort of the strength of them is that they're all kind of the same, mm-hmm. but they all have different content. Yeah. But what's cool about Mario Maker is it cross pollinates some of that a little bit. Yeah. Like you can't get the, you know, the, the cape in, in the Mario 3 style, but, you know, you get the, 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 um, the raccoon leaf instead. Right. But um, a lot of the things that were exclusive to one style, one of these games back in the day, you can now kind of put in a different, seemingly in the different style. Um, like you can like the ghost house style. Oh yeah, uh, you know ghost house are a common thing in Mario uh, uh, games, mm-hmm. but it didn't exist in the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, but you can make a ghost house, uh, you know, a themed thing, and they yeah. this, they made new eight bit style graphics as if it were original to the thing. Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. And in this one, there are new features as well, like the angry sun from Mario Three. Oh snap! That it, thing's back. Uh, is now in all the styles, oh, including no. New Super Mario Brothers. Oh no! <laughs> and what's so it's really, really kind of fun for a Mario fan because it's not really genuinely, genuinely authentic to the original experiences. Yeah, it's it's like it's sort of how you remember it or how you would draw it on graph paper as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, like you were saying earlier, brand new mechanics, things that didn't exist in any Mario game, are in this game. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. Like they're they're not just saying like here's the toolkit to make things as if you were designing Mario 3. It's like, here's that, plus eight or nine other crazy things that are in nothing you've never seen before. Yeah. yeah it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's wonderful, because this reminds me of Super Smash Brothers, because everything does. Um, it's <laughs> like, always on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, specifically, like, the way that, like, they handled this, because, like, with... Uh, they had Super uh, Smash Brothers on the Wii U, and I love that game. And I was like, I just want more of this, but on the Switch. And they just gave me literally that. <laughs> <laughs> but like even more than I ever could have imagined. And it sounds like this is the same way with Super Mario Maker. Yeah. Like a lot of people I think wanted it on the Switch so more people could access it mm-hmm. and they could do it on the go and stuff. But like they just decided, you know what, we're just gonna give you a sequel with a ton more content yeah. that you didn't even ask for, but you wanted anyway. <laughs> <laughs> did either so, you play the original Mario Maker? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked it a lot. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a huge into like uh like a level building kind of games, mm-hmm. but like I did enjoy it and I enjoyed like playing other people's levels and things like that. Yeah. I liked watching the ones on YouTube or whatever of, of people who made ones that if you move Mario at all, you will lose. But if you just yeah. let him sit there, it like moves him through the level through with the conveyor belts and all this stuff. And yeah. like, it's super cool. Yeah. They call it automatic Mario. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. You just literally touch nothing or maybe you just go forward at the beginning. So I tried to do something in Mario Maker that didn't catch on called mm. semi-automatic Mario, Oh, which I thought was a clever name, which is basically automatic Mario. But like there are six or 10 different places where it was make or break 
you had oh. to hit the jump button or get the timing just right. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was kind of fun because you'd be w- watching for 15 seconds waiting for that moment to come. Yeah. And I put a lot of clues. It didn't catch on. But oh. I, like, that had been a really cool, fun uh, subgenre. I might try to popularize it again. You got another chance. Yeah, I got one more, one more chance. <laughs> 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 or someone else could take that mantle and run with it because I think it's a really good idea. I'm busy, people. <laughs> it's true. That's the thing I'm worried about. It's just like with uh, Dreams, uh, um, with uh, Dreams, which is also mm-hmm. coming out. Um, which is also a, a user-generated uh, 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 content game that, like, I want—I just want to spend hours and hours and hours putting things together. But like, I'm making my own games. I, yeah. don't, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and I'm kind of kind of depresses me a little bit. Um, but at the same time, the, one of the great things about these titles is you don't have to be a creator to be super into them. You can just play all the people's things, or you can just watch all the YouTube videos. You there's plenty of value in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a ton of content that comes out with the game. Especially, yeah, with like Super Mario Maker, there's a ton of content that comes out with the game that you don't even have to have bought the game yeah. to see, which is pretty cool. Too. Uh, Martha, you'll be happy to know that, that you can also get poison mushrooms in this in this game. <laughs> I'm not acknowledging this. <laughs> <laughs> what, moving on, then? <laughs> poison mushrooms are the worst. I don't know why anyone would put them in the game. If you want to know more, watch our video where I die pretty much the whole time to poison mushrooms that I think are not poison mushrooms. To be fair, so. I did too when I played it. So This is the original Japanese Super Mario 2, yeah. which we did for a nice play a while back. Yeah, and then I handed the controller to Steven because I was like, I cannot. And Steven was like, well, I'll Steven do like it. cracked his knuckles. Like, He's like, I'll handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and I got just as frustrated. <laughs> anyway, poison yeah. mushrooms are the worst. Uh, speaking of uh, under uh, underappreciated, although that one deserved to be so, uh, Mario games, um, <laughs> the um, the styles of, of the game is the four ones from the first Mario Maker, yeah. and then a fifth one that's um, uh, Super Mario 3D uh, World. Oh, okay. Which was actually a 3D game. Yeah. Um, but they're doing they're, it's in 2D and it's sort of like 2.5D, like more so than the new Super Mario's style. Oh. And when you choose that style, you get things like Cat Mario, which is one of the, the power-ups in there, and a bunch of different uh, uh, features that were in New um, Super Mario 3D World, but it's, it's a completely different style, so different mechanics. You can't take those mechanics into the other styles. Mm-hmm. So the, they've, they've separated it out in the game modes. Oh. And so in the Direct, there was this screenshot of them selecting it, and it said Game Modes, and then it was four uh, selections, yeah. and then Extra Game Modes... Oh. And there was just that one. Oh, so the question is like, okay, so DLC, maybe future announcements. Yeah. The game is going to be out after E3, so there might be a last minute announcement. Okay. Um. Uh, and so I'm really, I want uh Mario Brothers two. Oh, uh, sure. A, as a style, like the American Mario Brothers yeah. two, because and it makes a lot of sense because the mechanics of that game were different. You mm-hmm. you know you'd pull up uh, turnips and, and enemies. You couldn't stomp on any of them. So. A system that actually uses different mechanics in this extra game style mode, rather than just having them all be the same, you know, being all being able to cross pollinate. Right. It seems like the only, it seems like the best way to get the American Mario Two into this. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how much love there is for the American Mario Two amongst these developers. I think there's. I I don't know. I I feel like there's enough. Well, they sold the game in Japan as Super Mario USA, but I don't know how well it did. Ah, sure. Um, and of course, people know it from its, you know, the, the Doki Doki Panic, where it was originally right. uh, modified from. Right. Um, but I'm really hoping. But like also, you know, Mario Land, a Mario Odyssey style, where, where you could capture enemies Ooh. in a 2D Mario. Oh, snap. Like okay, imagine, and, and then cool. you get to design those yeah. levels. Like imagine with Nintendo's, you know, just like what they're doing with Smash Brothers, like adding new content, you know? Yeah. 
if that's if that's the road they go on. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what people think. Like, oh, they they were planning this all the whole time. They should have just included it. Like, maybe. Maybe that's maybe that'll be the reaction. Uh, I don't know. Well, I know one reaction that I had to a movie that I saw, <laughs> <laughs> which was Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Basically, it's, I mean, I would say without spoilers that it was not as good as the hype made it out to be, but huh. it was still very good. And I want all the Pokemons. I just want to live in Rhyme <laughs> City and have uh-huh. all the Pokemons because they're so cute, especially Bulbasaur. That's all. Okay. That's, that's my report. Cool. I, I also have seen that movie and um, my expectations were met. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 when I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be a fun movie and it is. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, if you're going in there to like have your world changed, it's not probably not going to happen unless you've always dreamed of living in a world with Pokemon, um, in which case maybe it will. But otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's a good movie. I uh, my, Okay. My favorite part, which is in one. Just one little scene right near the beginning. Yeah. Is uh, there's like he's walking around the city and you're seeing all the cool things happening. Mm-hmm. And then like one thing that's happening is there's a machamp, machamp directing traffic because there's a Snorlax asleep in the middle of the street. And I was <laughs> oh, like, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that was a pretty good reference. I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Go see it. It's, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on to our topics? I mean, I think we've talked long enough about about meta topics. Maybe too long. Uh, people oh. are people want this. Uh, they want, want to get to the topics. They want a, they want a shorter, shorter, shorter length. Of, I don't know. Where I'm, I <laughs> I had the ball and I dropped it. I'm sorry. Mar- Martha was like teeing up the slyest transition I in know. Ice Games Club history, <laughs> and you just whiffed it. <laughs> too. It's terrible. Uh, my topic is game length. Now I'm a little sad about it. So I wanted. To, uh, yeah, I want to talk about like. You know, games in general, but also it's <laughs> a good place to start. <laughs> but just like, okay, so I feel like a lot of times, especially nowadays, people will approach games in terms of like how long you can play the game for, mm-hmm. and the way the games are being developed now, like player uh, developers want players to like constantly be um, engaged with the game and like come back to it and spend right. more money and stuff, you know. But uh, and so as a result, like game, the design of games have changed. Uh, almost more towards leaning towards like arcade style games like they used to do where like people they, the game would encourage you to spend as much time as possible um, playing the game and in order for you to continue to spend money and you know feel like you were getting your contents worth you needed to keep at, uh, spending money on it um, but like I think as a result of some of that players will uh, oftentimes like approach games as, uh, saying that oh this game is only uh, three hours long it's not worth the 60 bucks I would pay for it where um, I think that's a little a uh, little bit of a shame mm-hmm. because like sometimes a game uh, can be three hours long but be like a very intense experience um, one that you would not you like could not really exist if the game was ten hours long or fifty hours long however however many um, the haiku or vine of games <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly so like um, I, I wanted to talk about that um, because like not every game not every game should be you know. Uh, 50 hours long, 100 yeah. hours long, but not every game should necessarily not be that. Um, <laughs> some games maybe should be really long because, like, that is the kind of content that you're looking for from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I want to talk about that. Like, what uh, I guess, like, I'll, I'll open it up with a question. Like, what ideally um, for each of us is, like, our a good game length? 
real open-ended question. But. Yeah, I guess it depends on what type of game I'm playing. Because a lot of the games I'm ended up playing recently in my life are like puzzle games where I can casually pick it up after like work or whatever when I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those I want to be short little experiences, but overall have a lot of them. So like that I can play it for a very long time. Right. But yeah. over short periods of time. Right. Like the, like the daily crossword. Yeah, exactly. Right? That kind exactly. of experience where it's just always in your life, but just for a little bit at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just a little brain teaser yeah. or whatever. Um, but then if I'm playing, like if I'm playing an open world, the shooter sort of game, mm-hmm. I want the story to be satisfying. Sure. So that I would want it to be longer. Okay. Um, and like more places to go, more places to explore. Cause half of those game, half the time I spend in those games is, you know, trying to get through a little like, Thing in the wall to see if I can get through to like see some secret thing <laughs> yeah. or whatever or explore. Um, so I guess I make those games like super long. But then if it's a like point and click adventure or something that is primarily just, just just story, that might be better, like more condensed. Because mm-hmm. if you make like if there's nothing to explore and everything is sort of more focused on inner like relationships or interactions with people or puzzles or whatever. I'd kind of want that to be more like succinct or design. I don't know. Well designed is not the right word, but tightly designed. Tightly designed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No extraneous stuff. Yeah. Right. That doesn't like, make sense. You don't need a ton of like side missions in a in a game like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or or side plots or whatever. Yeah. I mean, mini games are great in those sort of things. <laughs> like. uh yeah. In a bunch of pajama Sam, et cetera, they'd have like snake hidden in the game right. or like, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I like that. Like you basically described the entire spectrum of, <laughs> of game. Like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, well, it means you're not prescriptive about it. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah. yeah, you can't really like, like I, um, I guess I also like with Lonnet sometimes, sometimes I want a game that will last me indefinitely. Like uh, Skyrim is that game. I can constantly play it. Uh, Cause like I can just mod it and change the whole game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, at other points I like I will like playing like a three hour game I can finish in a, in an afternoon uh, because like it'll be it'll give me a, a complete experience and I can like think about it over the night or something and I don't know chat with that with my friends or whatever else mm-hmm. um, and like that'll be a nice experience to have in the moment. It's kind of like you know watching a movie that can affect you. Yeah. Um, but in other cases, sometimes I want it to be a little bit longer because uh, I don't know, like it's a co op cooperative experience and maybe i want to play that with my friends or my brother or something who's not my friend <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you heard it here first folks <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and so like I, I want that to be like i don't know 10 hours 15 hours long so i can i can spend a few afternoons playing it mm-hmm. uh, so yeah like it it, it varies so uh, i guess that well i i skipped over you mark <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I generally Martha kind of described it well. It's like mm-hmm. depends on the type of game or the needs of it or whatever. I think um, I'm definitely different from both of you in that I, there's not a game I will come back to over and over again, like uh, like Skyrim for you or Borderlands for you. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't interest me a lot. I kind of I do sort of part of me just wants all games to be four to five hours long. Sure, all games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Um, and we were talking about Mario Maker at the top. Like that's one of those games that sort of is endless, but it's sort of like the daily crossword. Mm. So that that is that makes a lot of sense to me and my sensibilities as well. Um, 
I think, um, and I've complained about Baba is You being a game that is sort of like that, but is you you are going towards a completion, right? Yeah. Um, so a game like Mario Maker or puzzle games don't. I mean, they're very specifically endless. Yeah. And so that make that does make a lot of sense to me that there are bite sized experiences you can get more of as more are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, a game that has a story, even like a big open world game like Assassin's Creed or something, like and I love those games, but they are all two to three times longer than I have patience for. Yeah. And it's not just because I'm old now. Like, that's a part of it. But I think about, like, the stories in those games. And you can condense those stories into, into something very small because they, they just, it is, there isn't actually enough story to fill these 50, 60-hour open-world games. Yeah. And, um, but they're popular and they appeal to people because that's, the story isn't the main part of it, right? It's the, the sort of the discovery and, all, and the side missions and the stat boost and the leveling up mm-hmm. and all of that because that doesn't appeal to me as much as the, it's not the core elements of games that I like. Um, I, I, I'm just waiting for the next, not the next cutscene necessarily, but the next like story mission. Yeah. And, and so, I, but at the same time, I, I like, if I just blaze through all the story missions, then I'm not, I don't level up fast enough and then the game isn't as fun. And so I end up, I just butt my head up against those types of games right. the, the more I play them. And it bums me out because they're never going to change because yeah. that doesn't, because I know that I'm not the normal consumer for a type like that. But I just, I want all games to be shorter. <laughs> you know? Well, there's, there's something to be said for like games like overstaying their welcome. Like you were saying with yeah. Baba is You, like the game, if the game was like uh, 40 puzzles less, like the game maybe would have had more of an impact for you in particular where like, oh, yeah. uh, because like the progression would have felt more it would have felt more natural mm-hmm. i suppose um yeah and and if like a game is too long then like you'll just get tired of it and you just won't complete it um it's actually really fascinating i feel like there should be stats and there are stats out there i know but not not enough of it where like we can see how many players will like played the game and only played it for 30 minutes and then never touched it again because mm-hmm. that it happens with like i feel like at least 25 percent of the people who play your game are only going to play like the first five minutes um and so they're not going to get to the 30 hour mark where the game gets good. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can get some of the information um, from looking at trophy or achievement stats. Yeah. Uh, you can do this on your own console at home. So you can check to see how rare the, because, you know, trophies uh, uh, tend to, they just give you one for each chapter. Yeah. And Stephen, you and I hate that. Mm. But um, the benefit of it is you can actually see how rare it is that someone gets to chapter six or whatever. Yeah. And you can get kind of an idea how, for a lot of these games that people do just, they play for six or seven hours, and then that's enough for them. And they don't complete it, right? And just you know, the end games of the of the stories of the, of these things tend to not be as interesting as the start, because like truly, not enough people see it, so they don't, and they're running out of time at the end of production to make it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. Well, yeah, there's something to be said from making a game that leaves people wanting more, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Portal, for example. Oh yeah, a uh, puzzle, a game, but it is leading to an end and a conclusion. And when you get to the end, it's like, wait, what? It's over. I I want more of that. <laughs> yeah. I. But if it went on forever, then it would get boring. Right. And you, so you want to like, for your game, you want to balance that out of like, you have to make it an, long enough that people feel satisfied, like that was a good purchase or whatever, but not too long that they lose interest mm-hmm. and that it feels like, well, yeah, want them. You want to leave them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an aspect I hadn't even considered. Yeah, Portal um, is like two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and shorter if you're like yeah. the second time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it can be two hours or less. And, yeah. and, and it is, even though it's a puzzle game, it doesn't take uh, most people that long. Mm-hmm. Portal 2 is something like 15 hours. And 
it is able to do that not just because it's a bigger production, but because it has way more mechanics that it introduces mm-hmm. right. and a more complicated story that has like reversals and stuff. Yeah. And even that it's like, maybe it could have been a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, that, that is definitely a game that isn't too long, mm-hmm. but also isn't, you know, it definitely a little bit more packed because portal set a standard for the length of it. Like people were very satisfied with the length of the original portal. Right. Um, well, yeah, they upped the production value in Portal 2, too, right? So that, like, they... Yeah. Because Portal wasn't meant to be, like, a huge thing. It was kind of supposed to be, not a tech demo, but, like, yeah. a small little thing. And just, it was very popular, so they made a sequel. Yeah. It. Well, Martha said, like, it left you wanting more, yeah. but at the same time, you it, it wasn't, un, not in an unsatisfying way. It was the perfect calibration. Right, right. And I think it depends on the genre, definitely. Because, like, especially, like, with turn-based RPGs, people expect those games to be hours long. Yeah. Like, hundreds of hours. <laughs> I, I don't. Because most of it is going back and forth between menus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, like, like Persona 5 or whatever, like, I'm mildly interested in looking at the game, but, mm-hmm. like, it's supposed to be 100 hours, and, like, I'm just not trying to commit that much time to a game. <laughs> not when you got all that Skyrim to play. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so like, uh, but like the people ex- people expect that, um, and also um, one oh I think one aspect of like length of games that people maybe don't consider is that like not everybody can purchase a bunch of different games at a certain point. Like you know, if you're young and you just you know don't have the money to buy it, you would buy one game and you'll just spend a bunch of time playing that game. Yeah, like that's how it was back in the day when there were only uh, thirty games. Period. Mm-hmm. You would pick, you would buy one game, and if even if that game sucked, you would play it constantly. Um, you get your money's worth out of that game. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, I think there are a lot of people out there that approach games looking at length because they literally can only purchase a few games uh, every uh, um, every year, um, and so they will buy one game that will last them a few months. Uh, and in in that case, I think it makes a lot of sense to 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 purchase uh, a game that has a bunch of you know a bunch of content in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that so I think that's that's part of why like those kinds of games exist. Um, but yeah, there's a difference between um, uh, like co- value of content, mm-hmm. like uh, for the time you spend, right? Like I spent all this time with the content, but I only got so much satisfaction out of it. But then there's also the value for your dollar, yeah, which should not be ignored. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like if there's a game you can spend thirty dollars on and play for a year, like doesn't matter if it's not super narratively fulfilling yeah. right? like, <laughs> you, you can be you can be a very happy gaming life uh, with that as a co- with compromise you know right. um so it should you know we shouldn't discount one or the other metric of a su- successful calibration of game right right well i feel like yeah i feel like people will approach this um from an aspect where like they're they're a person who um uh you know can purchase a bunch of games at once and they'll just say uh that like all games should be like you know thirty seconds because I just don't I just don't have the time to be playing all these games. Yeah. Um. Where um I don't think that's considering you know other people who I mean don't want that or you know you can't have that. Um. And so they they will want games that to be longer so they can purchase the one and then just you know satisfy themselves mm-hmm. off of that for a long time. Uh, like you know MMOs are supposed to be indefinite. I think a lot of people will purchase those games because like yeah um they have a com- they have a community and they can play that game with their friends mm-hmm. constantly. Um, for a long period of time and not get bored of it. Right. It and you don't, so even when you run out of content, mm-hmm. you don't run out of experience. Yeah. Right. Even if, even if it's not PVP or that kind of thing, you, you know, the community engagement, the sort of the arguing with the people on forums about the latest patches, like <laughs> yeah. that's silly, but like that is a gaming experience that is valuable to people. Right. And so that is 
more content ultimately mm-hmm. and me and, and that's satisfying for people's time i suppose right. but i mean also uh because of the way like uh games are developed now like people are adding content to things that will you know keep people coming back to more so mm-hmm. for more of it like with overwatch like they, there's constantly new characters and stuff getting added to it right yeah and new maps and stuff like that mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't actually played overwatch in a while but, oh, okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so i can't speak to specifics recently but um yeah, they'll add new there's seasonal events and stuff. Yeah. So they'll have like different game modes that are only available for a few months. So that will keep people playing it mm-hmm. for longer. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I yep. like <laughs> with those games, like yeah, people are looking for long term experiences, I think. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> well, I mean there's two sides of that. There's the players who want sort of a, a game to go back to, mm-hmm. but also the developers who want to generate a revenue stream right. by creating new content and right. by getting people yes. to buy the new content. And so that is, you know, becomes, that makes a lot of sense um, because it's easier to get someone who's already, already likes your game. Mm-hmm. You make something new and then you sell it for what you think that's worth. And then they buy it for that. Like it's easier for them to make that purchase decision than for you to make a whole new game and convince them to buy that. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And so I think there's, there's a comfort to spending a little bit of money on an extra map or an extra character or a new mode or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's very appealing to developers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that like, yeah. And be, because of that though, like the games are supposed to be endless, you know, like games as a service is a thing that people say a lot now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so it, it, like, I guess those games like constantly get longer over time. And it actually kind of makes it more daunting to like, you know, join the game or play the game, start the game up. Like I used to play League of Legends a ton. Um, and uh if I were ever to come back to that game, they've added like thirty more characters since then. Um and I'd have to learn how those characters work or I'm just gonna get destroyed by them because I don't I don't even know how they they, they function. Right. Um I mean with even the new Super Smash Brothers, like if you played Super Smash Brothers Melee, this new one has three times as many characters as that game did. <laughs> so even moving into that this this new game, like you'd have to, uh, they, and they keep adding content. So like you you still have to you still have to you know learn all of these things, and it just feels like a lot of it. It feels like an investment, and I feel like a lot of games, yeah. a lot of long games, feel like investments. <laughs> well, this is part of why I like shorter games yeah. because I I don't want to be attached to one thing sure. necessarily, even if I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also games that are like that, particularly free to play games that that are funded solely through extra content yeah whether that's loot boxes or something less ridiculous um, <laughs> the the people they're making it for yeah. are the people who you know early adopters who main to stay with it yeah those are the people who actually do fund the project mm-hmm. and so they're the ones the game is designed for and so the fact that it's harder for a newcomer is not a bug it's a feature yeah and and that's not even i'm not even saying that cynically because it actually best serves the people who are engaging with it most right. and you know monetarily as well as with their own time yeah but that does lock off uh, lock away a lot of people mm-hmm. um who otherwise would just like to get into it and so it's and then those types of experiences um like uh, uh loot shooters particularly like destinies yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. like i feel like i'll never be able to play i'll never know anything about that genre because i can't gear up a whole investment in any one yeah of them, you yeah. know um, but then is that game is is a, that game genre is it suitable to make something like that in a shorter experience like wouldn't it be interesting to find have a smaller game 
that that actually just was specifically like had a lot of those same mechanics but then you were just meant to play over a week and then be done with mm-hmm. like i mean i can't imagine how that's commercially viable but like you know then i could see what it's like you know wow a game isn't like just an event like what if the game just all you could only play the game for like a week and like, <laughs> like and I, well yeah like, like a destiny thing where yeah. like you could only play it but like you could only play it for a week like there was just one event mm-hmm. and that was it and then once that week ends you can no longer play it I could play a des- I could play Destiny. It's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't cost hardly anything to get into it. Yeah. The the base game is always discounted, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to buy anything more for the most part. Yeah. I could play for a couple of days and be done, but I would not get the experience because you have to be invested to right. get the experience. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all depends on what you want out of it. Because if the 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 experience is the getting loot and like wandering around which you don't want to do anyway like that's the, that's you're not really missing out then because <laughs> the experience you're missing out on is something you wouldn't have enjoyed anyway if that makes sense i mean i suppose I, i'm speaking so more like to the, steven's uh, continually added content uh, issue oh i was um, thinking of destiny specifically oh, but yeah. like uh but yeah i think it still stands like if you play if you don't like the experience of, of playing something for a really long time mm-hmm. Uh, and like continually getting all the things and learning all the stuff, then maybe the longer experience you wouldn't have liked anyway. Like the experience you're trying to get is something you don't actually want. Well, you're saying that the mechanics of of that are tied to the time investment. Otherwise, it's just not the game. The only way the game exists is 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 in that form. Not necessarily. I just think. There's, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Maybe right. we'll have to cut all of this out. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, for Destiny, for example, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you can play Destiny like a single player thing yep. and play through the story and get to the end and then stop playing. Mm-hmm. And your experience that you get from that, if you enjoy it, you don't need to do the other stuff mm-hmm. because other stuff is stuff you wouldn't have liked anyway. So if you condense that to a shorter time, you still might not like it. Oh, is what are, I'm saying. Are you saying as, as, so? I guess so. With Destiny specifically, like you can approach it in a manner in which it does not feel like a continual investment. It's just a single player shooter. Yes. Experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Well, that's a good. I mean, like, yeah. That's well. A lot of the way that like turn-based RPGs are a hundred hours long is because they have a ton of side quests and stuff. Um, um, and that's what makes them extremely long. And actually, really, like with Assassin's Creed and all of that, they have a ton of side quests and yeah. all those little things you can walk to and do a thing or whatever. I don't play Assassin's Creed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can confirm you walk to a thing and do, and do a thing. <laughs> okay. I thought so. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like, they have a bunch of like extra content you can do. But, like, the base game, uh, really, like, I, I think a lot of Assassin's Creed you can finish in maybe uh, 15, 20 hours. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. Um, the problem I think with that assessment sure. is that maybe you could, uh-huh. but it's really hard. Yeah, because at least in the the recent ones, because the recent ones are more RPG like where you level up, right? Yeah, and so it, it makes it more difficult because you aren't as high a level right. at the end at the end game. That's fair. But additionally, the game is always telling you to take a break from the story and do these other things. That's true. So you, if you wanted to just plow through the main story, you certainly could. But the, you'd be fighting the game the whole time. Yeah. And so th- I guess that's the sort of point I'm making is like um, the game design is meant for you to experience it in this lengthy, drawn out way. Yeah. That is the way the game is best. Yeah. That is the intention. Yeah. You can play it a different way, but then you're playing it a different way. 
Right. You know? I got you. Um, and so uh, I guess my contention is I would love a game like that, which didn't, uh, which was just shorter, mm-hmm. which just didn't have as much of that stuff and was designed to be designed to be shorter and to not have that extra stuff, be more contained and more uh, tightly paced um, where I wouldn't have to like you come back to one of those games and you load it up again. And you see like a cut scene, like two hours into your play session. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking about like these characters off, you know, in, in this place that you need to go deal with because yeah. it's this faction or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, who was that? Yeah. And then you, re- and then you like look up and you're like, there are only like three like enemies in this part of the, this part of the story. And I forgot all their names. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. so hard to keep up in your head. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's not true for everybody, but I think that's, that's what I mean is that it's so loosey goosey. Sure. And the game is really designed to be that way. I got you. Um, so I think you just going in to say like, well, I'm just going to do the streamlined version. It's like, N- that game doesn't really exist. Like you're, you'd be bending it out of shape to get yeah. that experience out of it. Okay. Even though they will they will even advertise that that's possible. That's not really what it's designed for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um well, I guess there's something to be said that maybe maybe we should be designing games a little bit better so that like you can have that short experience um and it doesn't feel like the game is fighting you the entire way, but like for people who want longer experiences, you can give that to them. Like the new Mario games, uh the 2D 2D Mario's, 3D Mario's, they all have like additional content you could do but like the base game is relatively short in a lot of this in mm-hmm. a lot of cases um you know like they have but those three i think i push back a little bit on that because okay. i think trying to design it for everyone it, however you do it yeah is a little it's different from saying having a mainline path and then having little uh, teases for extra content yeah uh, i i think there's there is a difference there sure. and i think when you try to make it all things to all people I think that's a little trickier than trying to design a an experience that has multiple paths yeah. necessarily. I, I agree. With you. Um, and that it, it is a, it's a it's a much it's a bigger demand on the designer too. Oh yeah, to make it work both ways. Well, I, I was talking about a fictional designer who's not me <laughs> designing this game. <laughs> yeah, have a toggle that says uh, side quests off, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. main missions yeah. only. Yeah. Well, uh, Widget's Thatchel's like this, where we designed it very specifically to be played in multiple ways, but we designed it specifically to be played in multiple ways. Right. We didn't design it to be played in one way or another way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, what they could do is that after each story mission, you could calibrate it so that you would, if you're in story mission mode only, you could get the equivalent amount of experience that you would have gotten if you had done the side quests right at the end of the last story mission. Sure. So then when you're in the next one, you're at the proper level up. Sure. With that. I mean, it, if it's all based on numbers and not based on experience, because one of the things about side missions is that it introduces you to new tactics and new things. And so experience points, if they're just the numbers, then okay. But then what was the value of the side missions at all? Yeah. You um, know? Like flavor. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. It'd be, it would be interesting to like a flexible, or maybe the game would, could like maybe even determine, like it could guess as what you're up to and then, and then change things around you to fit your play style. That'd be an interesting system. Very hard to design, but it might yeah. be worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would be really fascinating. You know, like give someone a bunch of corridors to go down and if they don't go down any of them, then just stop offering them corridors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be something. Yeah. But that would be really hard to do. Someone get on that. <laughs> we always got to end these topics with how, what we would do. Our games. Ah, yes. Right. Well, the way I go about it with Fingens is... I There's not like, enough content and there needs to be more? What? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> because, <fired>. yeah. <laughs> because I, I want to play that game. 
<laughs> and it's not out yet. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Still shots fired. The main problem fair. with that game is that it's not out yet. <laughs> All fair points. <laughs> I have no I'm other only that I, you're leaving me watching more. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But with vengeance, the way we have it is the campaign is relatively short. It's supposed to be like 45 minutes um, long, but it's hard, so you have to keep playing it over and over again. So a player who wants to engage with that can like just play it over and over again. The mm-hmm. replay value is what we're trying to go for. Yeah. Um, and like we've designed the game so that like you see new content and things change every time you play it. So I think the oh, I'm sorry for no. I feel bad for saying that You're now. Fine. <laughs> I, mostly because we the Had last to be said. <laughs> the last couple times I played, we've been playing on demo like the ones that you would play ah. at um conventions and stuff like that. So it was only five minutes long or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's and right, I was yeah. like, no, more levels. <laughs> I know there are more in here. <laughs> yeah, Show me cute. your secrets. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how we approach it. It's like we just kind of allow the player to make it longer uh, if, if they want to complete the campaign. Um, or they might just play it for a bit and go, oh, this is too hard or I'm not having fun. And they'll just stop. <laughs> and I guess that's fine too. <laughs> Who are those people? I don't know. I haven't met them yet. <laughs> So I think that when you're deciding how long your own projects are going to be, mm-hmm. it's there's something about your design, like how long does well, you're making if it's a story based game or has a campaign elements where your different mechanics are introduced over time, then you have sort of a natural kind of decisions to make about you know giving all that to the player at a certain pace, right? Yeah. But then there's also the big thing to consider, which is how much time you have and like how much resources you have, yeah. Like what you can actually put together. Yep. Um, I think that is something that. Um, you know, a big AAA games like the ones we've been talking about, uh, they have the freedom to just choose how long their games are for the most part. And too long is always the answer. But, <laughs> um, but for indie developers, like you have to say, like people say, oh, I want to make an RPG. It's like, well, you, are you going to make a short RPG? Because that's all you got time for. It's really all your resources mm-hmm. are like, to be honest. And if you're going to make a short RPG, are you going to design it to be short? Or are you going to just design it so that it, or are you just going to make it short? Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting consideration. It's one of the things that one of the reasons why replayability in widget satchel is important is because, you know, throughout development, I was pushing for more content mm-hmm. and the game, if you were just to play through it kind of at a normal pace, it's still just like maybe cracks two hours. If you're sort of, you know, if you're not rushing through it, yeah. I still worry it's a little short, mm-hmm. um, but it's replayability is important to, right. I still think it's valuable, mm-hmm. but, um, but at the same time, if the game was like half that length and had tons more replay, I don't think it would be as good because of the way we designed it. Sure. And so I think that I think with Fingence, you guys did a pretty good job of of like you say, like it, it replaying for for higher scores, for getting the boss faster, for that sort of na- nature of mastery or cooperation. Yeah. To to let you continue to have better time with it. But when you're making your own own work, like when you start from here's my idea, like do you do you know how long it's going to be when you start thinking about it? Yeah. You don't really. Yeah. Especially if you don't know how long it's going to take to build it because you never do. Uh, <laughs> evaluating your resources, how much you can afford to spend on it uh, mm-hmm. in order to make it in order to make this game and make it uh, the length you want it to be um, is something to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Martha, you've got this point and click that you've been sort of like uh, designing on paper for a long time. So you've probably had a lot of thoughts on to like exactly how much content's going to be in there. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, I have like the amount of rooms that the thing or like screens. Right. The space that yes. it takes place in. Yes. Know. Which kind of in a point and click helps determine how long it is because like 
each room will have to have some sort of puzzle or some sort of mm-hmm. interesting thing in it. So in a certain order or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Spell backing. But, yeah, but all to your specification. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I don't want it to be too long because it's supposed to be a kids' game, also. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be as long as a Pajama Sam game. Basically, I'm just <laughs> making Pajama Sam <laughs> fan game. Yeah. With my own characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, how how long are Pajama Sam games? Are they like three hours long or something? I mean. It depends on how old you are, because oh, now okay. they're about half an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> but as a child, it took significantly longer than that. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. fair. That's <laughs> and we replayed them many times. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's hard to know. That's I, an interesting genre because I think you have like Mist, where like you can get through Mist in a couple of hours, if even if you've forgotten everything from the last time you played. But also, you could take weeks or months to beat that game. So. It, yeah, it's, it's really or as tricky. a kid, never beat it because yeah. you could never figure out the stuff. <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> yeah, so you almost have to use a different uh, definition of length, really. Yeah, um, because it's gonna yeah, it's gonna vary wildly. Right, it right, d- totally does person. depend on the play. Yeah, it depends on person, the person thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, so doesn't even does you don't you'll never know how long your game is actually going to be for anyone. So it's all like, fuzzy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if your game is a longer game, or even if it's a short game, you're probably going to want to be able to save. Yes. Which leads to our next topic, my topic, saving and loading systems. Mm. Um, And I wanted to talk about this specifically because um, I've been in my paper prototyping of things. I've been thinking a lot about how I will actually code the game, my point and click game when I'm Sweet. Go to code it. <laughs> and I've been thinking a lot about how I would do the save system because um, there's a lot of things, like the more you think about it, the more you realize, oh, I'm going to have to keep track of that. And oh, I'm going to have to keep track of that. Like um, like remembering which rooms the, the player has been in before, what cutscenes they've seen so they don't trigger again when you walk into that room. Um which items you have picked up and which items you've used on doors and or whatever the, the blocker puzzle is. Yeah. Um, and like, so therefore not have them be in the room where they started and not have the puzzle be solved already, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you guys, like talk a little bit about how I've been thinking about it, um, but also talk about and, and get your feedback and, ideas and what you guys are thinking about um but first i think we should talk a little bit about like what types of save systems there are and mm-hmm. the different genres and of games that they are in and what sure. makes sense because like save systems have kind of evolved over time because at first video games didn't have save systems because you played them at arcades and stuff and yeah that didn't have any end the game doesn't have an end anyway yeah as we were talking about last episode mm. um so like there's like saving save points wherever where you can bring up the menu and say pause and say save right um there's fixed save points where you have to find like the fire campfires and dark souls or Mm -hmm. the um uh each day of a stardew valley loop um where you can't really save other than that um there are checkpoints which are different than fixed save points Basically, you'll respawn at the checkpoint if you lose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an autosave thing. 
Uh, there's also auto saving. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Where the game picks when at certain points to save for you so you don't have to pause. Um, and I was talking to Dylan and he was like, really? My favorite games have save, have combinations of these different save uh, strategies, oh. like having uh, save whenever, but also if you forget to save whenever, having like checkpoints and auto saves to get yeah, back yeah. to. Ah, okay. I've seen that like a lot of modern games nowadays will have an auto save at points where it's convenient and they'll have them frequently. Um, like, uh, yeah, really often. Yeah, yeah. Like, like with, with Zelda Breath of the Wild, whenever I would like die from moblins or whatever, um, every time I died, I never felt like I lost a ton of progress. It was just enough to make me feel like, oh, dang it, I screwed up. But like, <laughs> not enough to make me feel like, oh, dang it, I got to play hours again. Yeah. Um, which was nice. Um, but it also made it feel like, you know, it didn't make it feel like it made me feel like I could experiment and explore and, you know, fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it also made it feel like failure was never really punished, which is which made sense for that game. But uh, with mm-hmm. Dark Souls, that's why they have those the, the campsites. Um, so like you have to if you lose, you will lose a bunch of progress and you know where you're going to lose that progress at. Right. It becomes a mechanic of the game. Yeah. Where you have to you carry your progress with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then you you need to then deposit it somewhere. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or lose it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really li- that's a really good way of putting that. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah. So um, it's interesting that Dil- what game is Dylan thinking about in particular that has like that kind of saving? He didn't say, but he plays a lot of like open world sort of things, like we were talking about in the last topic. Sure. Um, and so, so for example, Dishonored uh, has. Like when you go to the save screen, they'll have a bunch of auto saves, but you can also put your own save point in there. Sure. Um, right, right. Uh, Bioshock had that too, I think. Um, but yeah, lots of games. There'll be a big list of all the auto saves. Yeah. Uh, or a big list of all your manual saves and then we'll an auto save. Yeah. And if you're like really paranoid and you like save a lot, then you like lose track because the auto saves are so frequent. Then you're like, wait a minute, is the auto save more up to date than the last time I yeah. saved, which was a minute ago or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Skyrim has like that kind of stuff too. But the way that their system works is it doesn't auto save until you pause the game, which I feel like was a really, oh. was a really well. Or if you that's like, interesting. go in your inventory and stuff, and you might play for hours and not go into your inventory because you're just fighting stuff and all the loot you grabbed was crap or something. Huh. I don't know. Um, and then like you'll get you'll die, um, and then you realize that the game didn't auto save for a whole few hours, and then you lose a bunch of progress. I definitely added in an autosave mod <laughs> because I'm not trying to have that. You know, I, I wonder if that has something to do with like the um, the overhead cost of a save operation. Oh, and not wanting to do it while the simulation is running. It does freeze for a while every time it saves. But yeah. I think part of it is also because of how that game works. Is there's so many things you could do. It could autosave at a point where like it wouldn't make sense. Like you could autosave at a part of combat. Yeah, and that has happened before. Um, where like yeah, you'll you'll like. Immediately, right after you unpause the game, you'll get killed. And so, if you load that save, you'll just immediately die again, um, <laughs> defeating the purpose oh. of that save. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it will save you in a spot you can't actually get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it's. I think a lot of it is uh, design considerations that are specific to your particular game. Like uh-huh. when you have auto save points, you make sure you put them in places where you can guarantee that whatever condition the player is in at that point. It's you know it's can, you can continue from that because there's so many permutations of place of like of game state yeah in an open world game in particular mm-hmm. that like it can be really really difficult if you just have arbitrary saves everywhere yeah and suddenly you're just opening yourself up to a lot of trouble 
So like it takes a lot of finesse, way more than the user ever sees. Yeah. You know, there's also the idea of saves coming where like you will save after every encounter to make all encounters inconsequential effectively. Because if you die, you just reload your save. Mm -hmm. And I've been guilty of that before. (laughs) 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 But like, yeah, like those those are kind of design considerations you've had Mm -hmm. to consider too. There's a whole lot of things, Martha. This is all the stuff you got to figure out. For I the game. know. <laughs> <laughs> There's this is uh, a platformer. I think it just came out on Switch, or it's coming out on Switch really soon. It's an mm-hmm. indie developer, and I just saw their uh, their gifs on Twitter a lot. And one of the yeah. things they were saying it was unique about theirs is they save save scumming was very specifically implemented to be they they described it as it's a fair experience. So it's a hard wow. platformer, uh-huh. and basically you decide it's like a quick action. You're like, oh, this is going to be kind of risky for me. Uh, the type of platformer player where this kind of platforming jump is I'm not great at. Yeah. So I'll save here and I'll try it four times in a row. Yeah. But then these ones are pr- pretty easy. So I'm just going to go through it, uh-huh. uh, you know, stuff like that. And so it, it, I think that can be a useful mechanic if you present it to the player as something, a system to engage with rather than like uh, something to s- something sneaky you get away with, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, Ori in the Blind Forest has a saving mechanic where like it's a resource. Um, so like mm-hmm. you can save at any point, but you only have like three or four saves or something like that. Sure. Um, and so oh, like if you get to a, yeah, if you get to a particularly difficult part, you can save beforehand and then try it as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you don't want to use it too much because then you'll run out of saves for when you get to another difficult point. Mm-hmm. So like that's 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 the save mechanic working in the favor of the game. Yeah, and even older games have like the one continue slot. Yeah, that can be yeah. anywhere. But then once you continue from there, you can't go back to it. Right, and so you you've 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 you can save it, but you can only reload it once. Yeah, you know um, that's a way to ab- uh, so avoid abusing you know a, a safe system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of don't have a problem with that. <laughs> like, if you well, just I mean, able to reload from the same spot a million times. Like, what's the problem? Yeah, I I don't really see like if it makes it help help you to get the experience you want out of the game. I don't think it's cheating. Well, but like, you can use safe save stuff to cheat. Uh, like if you if the save file itself is not like encrypted or like you can get to it somehow, yeah, yeah. then like my friend uh, was what I forget which game she was playing, but she was playing some game and she was able to manipulate the save file to mm-hmm. do cool things in the game. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> uh, this is ultimately why in Widget Satchel or uh, a save data format, it's a dot satchel file. <laughs> Which is awesome. I know. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a binary formatted file. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that someone couldn't decipher it, but like its uh, structure and formatting would be a little d- more difficult than say a JSON text file, yeah. which a lot of times is a very easy way to save data. Um, I I don't mind if people modify their saves. Like it does not I do not care if people cheat in Widget Satchel. It doesn't give me a problem. Mm-hmm. But um, Widget Satchel stores location information uh, for t- uh, hundreds and hundreds of objects. Oh. And so um, modifying that data can really wreck things yeah. in a way that I just like, I just obfuscate it so that people, you know, if, if they want to get at it and figure it out, then good for them and like, let them break it. It's fine. But I don't want someone just going in and like tweaking it and then feeling and then getting upset about why it didn't give them uh, the extra thing they wanted or yeah. something. Yeah. Treasure stack. Uh, if you, I mean, you can only edit it really on PC, but. And it's really easy because it's a JSON file. Yeah. Um, but if you edit it to like try to unlock characters, um, if you like put in a character name that doesn't actually exist, it will basically just reset your character unlocks. 
Yeah. This is how I coded it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If you're going to mess with the thing, that's what you get. And I don't want to fix this problem. So, <laughs> right, right. It's not your responsibility. Right. To, so you need, I'm you like, need to put a little animation that's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I'm, yeah, there's a lot of technical things that can like mess up a save. Um, specifically with the save scumming thing though, I mm-hmm. think like the issue I have with it is largely just like, because I have that option, I will. I I feel like I should abuse that option. Yeah. Um. And I don't like that I have the option. Right. Because because you, you're kind of you naturally want to min max your experience. Well, yeah, and I want a challenge, but I also like also don't want to frustrate myself to the point where I I don't want to. I guess I guess I basically like don't want to have the responsibility of determining my challenge for me. <laughs> I right. want the designer to do that. You don't want to you don't want to leave a tool in the toolbox. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. So I, I get that. Yeah. So it. it but at the same time, it also makes it, you know, uh, more approachable for people. And, like, they can play and experience as many times as they want, which is good, too. Yeah. So it's a conflicting thing. It, for me, when there's a system like that where I can save whenever, mm-hmm. I still don't. Oh. As long as, long as there is autosave somewhere. Yeah. Because that's just, like, work. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. And if a game is frustrating so, me so much that I have to start, like, manually saving and loading... Especially if it's like this, the the UI of the of the that those menus is not super intuitive or fast, mm-hmm. then it's then I'm just not having fun and I'm done with the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, that's a very good point. So, so I, I guess that my point is, is like I don't I'm, I don't feel that I'm at risk of abusing a system like that because it's never so easy to use mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would really want to, you know. Um, but then I guess that's why when I think of my own designs, I'm not really interested in having a system like that. I much prefer checkpoints. I think that's a that seems hands off to the player and the and easier to design for yeah. the developer, and then you can certainly make that valuable mechanically in terms of how players work. So that that appeals to me as a designer and a, as a yeah as a player as well. So uh, Martha, with with your game, what saving system are you thinking about? Well, okay, so since it's a fan copy, basically of how <laughs> uh-huh. of how whole Teamongous games worked, um, in those games, basically you could save anywhere, um, and the save screen would be like you had six save slots that you could save in and it would be like a screenshot of your game mm-hmm. of where you were and that's how you could remember like which one is which. Um, you could also name them I think. Mm. But anyway so you could save anywhere and it would remember all the different things that you had done Okay, remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea how it was done under the hood uh, because yeah. Unless we have Ron Gilbert on the show, we'll never know. <laughs> um, but uh, so I was thinking of trying to like stylistically make it like that. Um, and then I was trying to think of like how, like I was reading about some games that, that in the past had like passwords and then from the password it would generate all the things in the game right. that uh, you had done or whatever. And mm-hmm. it, like not have the player be able to put in the password, but like in the back end, it'd be like, okay, this character stands for whether this item has been picked up or whatever. And yeah. this one stands for this puzzle. And if they're yes or no, or yeah, you could false. have a 26 digit hexadecimal value, which could then translate to the state of all the objects in your game. Yes. That's right? what I was thinking. Does that sound like a, a feasible thing or I would, I would say, Yes, it totally does. Because I think for the design of a point and click, you can just replicate the state. There isn't a lot of complicated things. There's no physics. You don't have to keep track of 
whether you know uh, these 30 enemies uh and what their inventory values are necessarily <laughs> yeah. you know and like what their strengths and all you you basically have puzzles you have like is this light switch on or off and if it's off well then therefore this must be that and the, and it can all flow like a logic tree yeah and so um you can almost just have the game replay itself using a code like that um but also you can certainly say that this is off, but I don't need to ha- store information that led it to be off because the only way it could be off is if all of those things are thus. Well, right. You yeah. Um, and so, but that's really going to depend on your design. You're basically going to have to, your save data is going to have to be very specific to the content of your game in, in, that, in its formatting. Uh, if you wanted to do it like that, like a code, because then what's interesting about that is that even if you couldn't ne- easily type it, you could share it. You could put it in a tweet or something, yeah. right? So there's value to that. It's like, you know, and that's why you, like in Metroid, you had the code you typed in um, because there was just the, the amount of data in a save was sm- low enough that it could fit in something like that, right? That's super cool. See, that makes, me, that makes me really excited because it's like, you know, cryptography or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So th- that would be a really fun way to build it. But ultimately, the... That you could certainly also just do a JSON file with the state of all your things written out longhand. That's true. <laughs> it'd be easier to up that as the uh, uh, upgrade that as the as the states uh, the amount of different things in your game changes. Yeah, that's true. Um, you could do what what I've done instead of a JSON. You could turn that into a serialized binary file, no problem. Um, I think that might be a better option in terms of your sanity, <laughs> but <laughs> you might have a lot. You might have a lot of fun. Then once you're done, and once you have your format figured out, and your content is locked, then taking that information and then drilling it down into something really interesting and short and shareable. Yeah, it'd be kind of neat. Yeah, right. I think it would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the idea that you brought up that like you could tweet your like save data, and then other people can like see where you're at and what happened in your game yeah. save and stuff. That's really cool. Also, it gives you the option. I mean, maybe not if you're making a humongous style game, but if you're making something a little bit more for the Reddit crowd, you can have that format. Could and if you tweak it in just a way that is basically lead to an impossible game state, <laughs> then a player can unlock certain things. Like maybe you have a door that just never opens, but it could open if a bunch of things were changed. But nothing you do in the game would create that combination of things. Yeah. But if you just tweak that code just so. You know what I mean? <gasps> Be a secret room with secret stuff. There you go. Oh my yeah. god! Secret room, secret stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you could really you could engage with stuff like that, and it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Dang, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that secret would, sing- vengeance save files. Uh-huh. It'd actually be a pretty good game jam project <laughs> yeah. to build a, a, a like a you. It'd be a single screen point and click that you, your only engagement would be like changing this code. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. Something like that. Well, there is um. What's that game? It's the creepy one. The p- creepy. We don't uh, know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, what we played before at one shot? No, 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 no. Man, I can't remember any games. So you have to edit so much of this out. Um, <laughs> or I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Meh. Um, <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh-huh. Sure, yeah. Where, uh, I don't know. Oh, right. it's, it starts out normal and then gets weird. Yeah, and spoilers. If you don't want any spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. But, uh... At the end, you have to manipulate save files to get your game to continue because oh, one okay. character had realizes she's in a video game and starts like being all creepy at you, uh-huh. and you have to like go and delete stuff out of her save uh, file. Sure, so that, sure. Wow. Yeah. So then the save file is made in such a way that players can understand it. Yeah. They might feel like hackers, but it's designed to be mo- modified. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's really cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, you could make your game somewhere like that. No. <laughs> I mean, not like, yeah. but, <laughs> but I mean, like you could have the, the password system. I think that, 
I think that a point you brought up, Mark, that's really important is that like uh, backwards compatibility and forwards compatibility is important. Right. Um, yeah. That's something we uh, struggled with when I was working on Treasure Stack because mm-hmm. um, it what we like I had to like code in a function that would update your save to the new version of whatever it is. Otherwise, the right, game would right. just not function with the features we added. Right. You need to know like is this save from a previous version, and if so, how do I? Then you just modify it. So. Yep. Uh, Andy Korth, who we've had on to talk about Verdant Skies, mm-hmm. uh, um, for a um, a code comment video episode we did, yeah, um, described the process that he did for that exact same thing. And this is a farm sim RPG. It's got tons of information in the save file, and being able to carry it forward to the next version was really interesting because yeah. then what ends up happening is your your code base then has sort of like memory of all of its old versions because it needs to account for all of that if someone's upgrading from version 2 to version 6 we totally we totally to know have that. that now and oh I, my I'm gosh. sure that part of that was influenced because Andy did work on the game and he was like How's, how are you going to handle forward compatibility <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't do any of that in Widget Satchel yet mm-hmm. and I need to start doing that where uh, save data needs to have a versioning system Yeah. So, um, just so that um, and that's really all you, I think believe that's all you need to do to start with. Basically. If you don't know how you're going to do it, as long as your save data has a, a value with it as a version, it could match the version of your build or it yeah. can be its own thing, save data version this. Mm-hmm. Then you know that when you do your patch, you can then account for if it's not the, the updated one, do this or do that to, to the object. Yep. Um, so um, I, I was always thinking about that. I was like, oh man, I need to solve this immediately or else I'm going to have problems later. It's like, well, no, as long as I just have something I can compare it against, something right. to check for. Yep. Um, then, and so you, just a little prep can go a long way there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of prep is you're better off, but you know. Even, even without prep, like, because didn't, I didn't think about versioning numbers and stuff until after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you just check to see if your thing has a version number. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, update. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it worked out pretty well in that case. Um, so with the, with the passwords and stuff, though, Martha, um, it would be kind of difficult to like update Oh yeah, right. you, your yeah. content would be locked. Yeah. Uh, you would not be able to. That would be very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So probably a JSON file would be the most simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as fun. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could. Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. You could make like buckets between special characters that would contain stuff. Okay. Like the version number bucket and the and the yeah. game states or like the you know which puzzles are their bucket and stuff like that so then you could expand things in there and not have to worry about the order yeah oh that could work yeah i I bet you could develop a system that would make it future proof Mm -hmm. uh, if you really want to do the password thing (laughs) (laughs) i just find that to be such a fun idea (laughs) i want that to happen yeah but you know um a a game i've talked a lot about recently bob is you yeah uh the only save data is where your character is right now and and which levels are beaten Oh, that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's uh, it's it's got a ton of stuff in it, but like it all the save data is inc- has so little information in it mm. because each puzzle just resets when you start it again. Yeah. But then there are but if it's completed or not matters to the sort of the world map above it and that's it. Yeah. Um and then that can be actually create a a fairly complicated game state ultimately. Um but the amount of data is pretty low. Yeah, and a lot of games you don't really need a hugely complicated save thing. You can yeah. just like keep yeah, keep track of cutscenes that they went through mm-hmm. um, stuff like that 
Uh, yeah, a lot of it, like uh, platform games, you know, uh, adventure games, uh, they just have progress, really. Mm-hmm. Um, even games you play levels out of order in, there's really not a lot to save. Yeah. Um, it's RPGs and open world games and games that have like physics states. And even games that are open world tend to just reset their areas when you leave them. Yeah. Like you knock down a bunch that's of stuff. Tr- that's true. You throw a rock into a, a lake and you get a Korok seed. That <laughs> rock is there again when you come back. Yeah. You know, the core, you can't get the Korok seed again because that flag has been triggered. But that's it. Yeah. You know, and people, the gamers live with that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Of course, in Widget Satchel, if you knock a piece of junk over, it stays knocked over. That's true. Because That's important. Because knocking stuff over is one of the main mechanics of the right. game. <laughs> we <laughs> need that. <laughs> so I, I just store the it was a it was an undertaking, but it felt it felt worth it, you know? I think it's good. And the, even though the fact that we returning to a level is not a common occurrence in the game, <laughs> even though you can do it, mm-hmm. but the system supports that. So that's the thing you gotta think about too is you're going to have these really weird edge cases that you have to save data for. And all yeah. game data has to contain that information, even if only a, uh, a small number of players ever bother with it. That's um, true. And it feels so wasteful, but like you have to do it. You have to save the state of play, you know? Well, it's like there's also like little things that I might do that then you have to save something special. Like like in there's a SpyFox game where one of the things is you can draw a picture on a piece of paper and then that picture stays oh, although yeah. i don't know if it that's a good question does it stay if you save and then reload hmm. it stays if you walk around and come back yeah but like it's in memory yeah 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 i hmm. now i have to check that out <laughs> that does bring up something that i that you might not have thought of but i wanted to, to mention is um when you when something changes in the game i think when you're developing your save system you're like oh something has changed i'm going to write it to disk now um, but um, a, a smarter play is to have your save data exist in memory in the program and then only save it when you need to. So if at an auto save point or at a manual save point or a checkpoint or something like that. On the other hand, there are some things that in certain games that do need to be saved to disk immediately when it happens. Yeah. Um, we just have, doesn't have any of that, but a lot of games do. And, it, and that is really dependent on your What's design. like an example of something that would... Uh, I would imagine like a game that is very narratively driven in every decision you make. You know, like the Telltale games, uh, blah, blah, will remember that. They have to remember that. So you say save at that point. <laughs> well, that's, I actually don't know how that's built yeah. because it might, it, when it saves it, I'm putting air quotes now, mm-hmm. it saves it to, does it save it to disk? Or does oh. it save it to memory and then the next time it auto-saves? puts that on disk. Oh, fair. That, that, that's the distinction I'm describing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of mobile games will save to disk right away because it, you shut them off all the time. Yeah. Um, and so it, you need to do that. Um, it really depends on how, what your budget for uh, file read operations is. Um, if you're saving these like, you know, 500 kilobyte things like 50 times a second for all this data that's changing, mm-hmm. then, you know, that might not seem a lot, but then it piles up. Yeah. Right. But if you're saving things every second or so, that might seem to you like a waste. But when you think about it, that's actually not that taxing on a disk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it depends, right? Yeah. And then there are certain platforms that have rules about that. Right. Uh, console platforms will have rules about how often you can tax the hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you have to, there are automated tests to see if you follow that, but your design has to sort of account for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dealing with that a lot, so it's sort of on my mind. Yeah. Mainly because like um, achievements is a thing. Like when you reach a threshold to do an achievement, 
do you grant the achievement right away? Because if you do, then you do need to save that file to disk. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if someone reloads it, then they will have not achieved that threshold yet. And so then what happens when they achieve it again? Yeah. Like, and th- these are all design considerations, not necessarily technical considerations. Like, how do you handle that stuff? Mm-hmm. Lots to think about. Well, mm-hmm. thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> You'll have to update us on how you start putting it together. Oh, definitely. Save it and we'll load it later. Ah, <laughs> uh, <Ooh. yes. laughs> <laughs> This makes up for the transition you whiffed earlier. <laughs> That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. And you can email us at contact at nicegames.club. And we were just talking recently about how we haven't gotten a lot of uh, feedback form uh, entries lately. Yeah. So uh, where can our listeners uh, give us more detailed feedback? NiceGames.club slash feedback. Yeah. Send us your thoughts. Yeah. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host as well. Get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. And so until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Think of looking over his shoulder at at the save like the save screen. Then we'll have auto save. Yeah, like mm-hmm. slot in the save slots. So we'll have ones for auto save. Oh, like sure. um, uh, 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 the one where you are if you can Minecraft. I don't. No, what um, are you doing with your hands? <laughs> you go like, and then you like teleport to the next place. Bunch of cuts. No, it's th- and then you like stab people or not. <laughs> <laughs> It's up to you. <laughs> I mean, it is at the end of the game. Oh, uh, Dishonored. You, yes, okay. that one. 